0: Welcome to the Let's Do it podcast. My name is Anne Glover and I'm a birth and postnatal doula working here in our gorgeous wee Northern Ireland. I also teach the wonderful Mongan Method hypnobirthing course and I do have to say it has amazing results. I'm owner of MotherDoula.com co-founder of Northern Ireland's first doula collective, Doulas of Northern Ireland. So I started this podcast as a means of raising awareness of doulas in Northern Ireland and to chat about who we are, what we do, why doulas do what we do. And listeners have asked for information on resources and what's available in Northern Ireland to support their Birthing journey, which has led to some fabulous guests talking about their own personal birthing experiences and also guests chatting about the services they offer. So please join me in welcoming new guests to this podcast. Listeners, uh, to today's episode of Let's Do It. So put the kettle on, put your feet up, and tune in to today's episode. Our guest today is not local to Northern Ireland, but we'll be chatting about something that most of us, if not all of us, are interested in. So the topic of this episode is how to achieve a natural birth through an approach that starts with the mindset. Now, that might feel like a mouthful, but it certainly resonates with uh, my hypnobirthing practice and I hope I have tickled your curiosity now so that you'll stay tuned in and you'll want to find out more. So welcome, Mariah, to Let's Do It. So, Mariah, can you please just start by introducing yourself and just let the listeners know like where you're based? Because they're going to notice straight away that you don't have a Northern Ireland accent. <laughs> Yes.
1: um, So I also don't have a German accent. I'm in Germany, but I'm serving in the United States Air Force. I'm a labor and delivery nurse and we have a hospital here. Um, It's called Landstuhl Regional Medical. It's in Landstuhl, Germany, near uh, Kaiserslautern would be the closest smaller city. And I've been here since 2018, but I have been overseas. For a nursing career, I've served 22 years so far, 10 of them. I was enlisted as a medic, and that was mostly spent in Texas. And then after I graduated nursing school, I went straight to OB. Um, This was in 2010. And uh, my first duty assignment was in Lakenheath. That is actually in England. So, I lived in England for about four years, and then I've lived in Italy for two. um, And the rest has been in Germany for my overseas tour. And I kind of like it on this side of the world. Yeah. (laughs) So, I stay as long as I can.
0: Brilliant. That's great. So, you describe yourself as a labor and delivery nurse. Is that right? Is that what you said, Mariah? That's,
1: yes. That's what I do for. Um, my living. Um, but during this time, uh, when I first got into labor and delivery, um, I actually didn't have any expectations. Uh, I did pick labor and delivery versus med surge uh, because when you're a new nurse in the military, uh, they, they give you either the medical surgical side or the obstetrical side. And I had been in the emergency room and did field medicine. um, And I was ready for a change. So I opted for obstetrics, not really knowing what I was going to get into.
0: (laughs) And here you are so many years later. Yeah. 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 So you get to witness birth fairly frequently then. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um, At this particular facility that I'm at, uh, we are a separate unit the laboring unit, and then there is another baby. Uh, they're they're talking about combining it into the, what we call the LDRP, which is a labor delivery recovery postpartum. Mm-hmm. But that's what I've been accustomed to with um, the Air Force hospitals, because Launch Door is an army hospital. Right. They're just a joint base. Mm-hmm. So the Air Force has labor and delivery recovery postpartum as the normal type of um, labor and delivery so when i say labor and delivery um really um most of my experience was at LDRP. so i did birth and postpartum um for most of most of my nursing career yeah great that's
0: fascinating isn't it so mariah um Do you have any children of your own, of your own personal birth and experiences?
1: I I do. Um, My son was born in 1995. At the time, I was a dependent wife. My um, spouse at the time was... So we were overseas in Hawaii, and I, I had my son at Tripler. It's Tripler Army Medical Center in um Honolulu it's an army obviously medical center um I was 22 we didn't have family around us and i often caveat i also didn't have internet it just it was barely up and coming in 1995 um, so my birth experience at the time that i had it um i didn't realize was not acceptable However, at that time, I didn't know. I was 22. I went in for um, a regular appointment. I got a scan. They said my fluid was low. And, and I don't, at the time, like, I know no medical terms. And they said, well, I guess you'll stay and have your baby. And I thought, you can't make my baby calm. Like, I'd never heard of an induction and and honestly, today, I'm so surprised that it is common knowledge. Um, I did not think it was possible to bring on a baby when you didn't go into labor. Yeah, I'd never seen that. My family wasn't full of birth stories. But my sister did have two children uh, before me. And she went into labor, um, even preterm labor. So I stayed um, completely confused, didn't know what were next steps or anything, and I ended up with um, an induction that caused uh, the the fetal heart rate to drop, and after a while of them trying to turn me and move me. Um, they said it was probably better to go have a cesarean. So I ended up having a cesarean, and I'd never known anybody to have a cesarean. So it was very just weird. Yeah. Just weird because I didn't expect that. I was one of those, I wonder where I'll be when my water breaks
0: because yeah. that's
1: how I thought labor started. <laughs> um, so yeah, I left the hospital feeling like I honestly didn't. Um, give birth or have the right to say I gave birth. It just didn't feel that way to me. And I brushed it aside, you know, life goes on and I move on. So um when I became um a labor and delivery nurse, I started witnessing all these births. Some yeah. were good, some were great, some not so great. And and it really got me reflecting on mine. To the point that I ordered my medical records. Because now that I know the lingo. I understand everything. Mm -hmm. I wanted to know what happened with my birth. Yeah, Um, I've never. uh, I never. Thought about it. But I think that's what happens. We don't think about it. And then life goes on. But there's there's little signs of things. That didn't occur. When they should have occurred. Like reflecting back. I believe I had some depression after delivery. Um, I didn't bond with him right away. This was a hospital that brought you to uh, the post anesthesia care unit after the C-section. So I went to, we call it PACU Mm -hmm. uh, because we acronym everything. (laughs) Um, So I was sitting in PACU while they had, whisked my baby off to a nursery to do weights and measurements and and i missed all of that and i was actually recovering and pack you alone because my spouse had gone with the baby mm-hmm. um it was a really like now you know once i reflected on that i i just can't believe that we do that to, to women yeah. um because I didn't feel that it was it was um, normal, I guess. Like something in me knew that I didn't like it. I just didn't know what it was. Because I was, like I said, very young and unknowledgeable. I didn't study any books or prepare. I just I just kind of was pregnant. I'll, my water will break and I'll go have a baby. That's yeah. what my sister did. And... Um, and that wasn't the case, so I didn't have any explanations, and I didn't realize that it could have been better until I saw other women having it better. Yeah, and then I grieved. My son was fifteen years old, and I grieved. I grieved. I only had one child. I grieved over a bad experience. I grieved over the way I was feeling at the time. I felt I was an inconvenience to the staff. Um, I was in pain reflecting back, they did not ripen my cervix appropriately. Now that I know better, they, they immediately started with ketocin. And I was um, getting pain medicine before I was even four centimeters. They wouldn't allow an epidural until four centimeters. So I kept asking, can you check me, can you check me? Like nobody offered birthing positions, comfort measures, I would hit the call bell and go, like, wait for a nurse to come so I could go to the bathroom because everything was wired and nobody would come. So I would just undo myself and go to the bathroom. And that's when they would come rushing in and I felt chastised for going to the bathroom. Um, At the time, now I didn't understand at the time why that was a big deal um knowing now when a woman is on pitocin they like that monitoring to happen um and when that wasn't on the monitor the big screen for them at the main desk yeah (laughs) they had to go fix that right of
0: course Mm -hmm.
1: so i was i was a reciprocant of that treatment which is actually um When I, when I started in, um, at Lake and Heath, they didn't have me do labors right away because I hadn't gone to a course and they send the um, OB nurses to a course called the perinatal course. And this is for us to learn about laboring women, the, you know, things like, um, uh, preeclampsia and treatments of that. So Mm -hmm. I did postpartum care for nine months yeah um, before I went to the course, uh, so you know, being um like at the time when I first started a little bit uneducated about what the expectation of a labor nurse is i I actually had nine months to um, work with postpartum women and remember what it felt like to. Um, not understand what was going on so I got very good at explaining everything because mostly was coming from my memory um, of how I felt and and I postpartum uh, care for me um, nobody was around Uh, I you know didn't even understand the fully catheter I was I had in I didn't understand like what that was, honestly, um, I was, nobody explained anything to me. So it became a, a very important part. I, and I, I mean, when I worked in the emergency room, I really didn't do a lot of explaining to people, um, not the way I did for labor and delivery, because I was um, remembering what it was like not to know Yeah. Uh, the treatment. Uh, you know, like I said, trying to just go to the bathroom, and then getting all this worry, I didn't understand it. Like, I just, you know, it wasn't explained to me. And if it was, it clearly wasn't explained good enough, because I didn't, I I didn't, I don't remember. um, I don't, like, I don't remember them saying, you know, why this, um, this medication they're giving me is so important for me to be on the monitor. I don't remember any of that. Yeah. I just remember how just they wouldn't come to my room when I called the bell. So I would send my husband out to go get yeah. them. got tired of waiting. I needed the bathroom. I'm a pregnant yeah. woman. <laughs> I gotta go to the bathroom probably a lot. Yeah, So that was um, an experience that came back to haunt me mm. 15 years later. And that's when I really realized like I wasn't treated well. And, and that became a passion for me to make sure every patient that I took care of would feel respected, would feel supported, would feel like, you know, um, I was there to help them. And what I ended up doing when I went to the perinatal course, we had a person who was an induction and it was the first time I'd seen an induction with a medication called Cervidil. We didn't use it at my overseas facility. And Cervidil is like a little tiny ribbon with medication on it that ripens the cervix, mm-hmm. and it goes up in the vagina. And this all was getting um, induced, and that was our her and. She was in a lot of pain and my preceptor, the woman who was the nurse who was teaching me, um, they didn't have much to offer her as far as pain, except to give her medications. Mm -hmm. So I remembered, um, when I was feeling that way and nobody coming to my aid that, um, giving me just medication. And I I that bothered me because the medication really didn't help. So I went back to I had to stay in a, a room like our room. It was a hotel on base because um, we were this this training was in Virginia and I was Googling how to help a woman in labor because I wasn't getting it from the nurses that were teaching me. And oh. I um I came across doula's and I kept kind of hearing doula in at where I was working in in at and but really don't have a lot of doos in the, in the military hospitals. Um, and, and they were actually, there wasn't a lot of positive talk about duas, um at the, at that time. And I didn't pay much attention to it, but I kept comfort measures and doulas, you need <laughs> comfort measures, doulas come up. So yeah. finally I'm like, I don't understand this you know, these things they're saying, I'm a visual person, I need, I need, I need someone to show me. Yeah. So I went on the, it was the donor website. And I looked up a workshop, because at the time, I didn't realize how workshops, I thought they would just have classes all the time, because this, yeah. is you know, not realizing it's an individual event. Yeah. Um, but I did find um, Kathy Stewart, who was not that far from me, and I had a, a rental car. And so I called her up and I said, I'm a nurse. I don't think I need all the the other stuff, but I would love to be a part of like some kind of comfort measures that mm-hmm. I've been reading about. Mm-hmm. And, and Kathy says, sure, come on. The comfort measures will be held on Saturday. So I went to the comfort measures and it was, it was just life changing, career changing, um and I ended up going doing the whole donor certification, um because I I wanted to know more. I read all the books that the recommended readings, everything, and then I was like, uh, I became like this nurse who was very passionate about the nat- like natural birth, and that's how it started.
0: Right it back, yeah. A so long I, sorry to interrupt you, Mariah, I just think okay. I didn't realize that you had done your doula training as well as as your obstetric training. So that's really quite interesting, isn't it? So is this then where from this part on in your journey where you start to think more about the mindset, preparing the mindset for birth? Um.
1: The the mindset. Um, was I would say the what I was taught Was probably I guess I'm just gonna say typical things that doulas are taught, and um, and so I would I would use everything that I learned, but the mindset came later. Um, Kathy again, <laughs> uh, she um, she uh, was when I met her. I said, I live in England and she said, I would love to do a workshop in England. And I said, okay, we'll set something up. Um, we wanted to offer this to military um, spouses because a lot of overseas military spouses um, can't get jobs because it's overseas. And and sometimes like they're not uh, being always like moving all the time, kind of having this self-employment that you can use everywhere. Um, I thought was so beneficial so I helped her come to England and while we were in England she um she talked to me about um a a documentary called The Secret and I said okay let me watch The Secret Mm -hmm. and so this is 2013 and that's when I got introduced to Bob Proctor and Bob Proctor um was uh just a cast member on The Secret and um I started to watch his videos on YouTube and and really realize how powerful our mind is. Mm -hmm. So I started to tell women, it's mind over, it's it's your mind. Your mind can tell you this and your mind can tell you this. Like it became part of my my, um, not only comfort measures training, but also like um, getting them to believe in themselves but what I'm doing now is um, I I became a Proctor Gallagher consultant um, a year ago and I have um, a program that is if you you know having natural birth it's not hypnobirthing it is it is really more like understanding the paradigms that when we're born we're programmed into believing certain things from our parents from our friends from our educators and sometimes that takes a long time to unwind and reprogram so part of what I do in the program is a lot of um reprogramming (laughs) is saying and and then some of it too is it's not this is like it's not saying you're not going to need anything else. It's about saying, you're, you're um, more likely to achieve this by um, shifting your paradigms, and getting the knowledge that you need the skills that you need um, for, for this to work for you. Um, But sometimes when we, you know, there's always that saying, like, you're the one who limits yourself, you stand in your own way. But what I find in, in, in life in general, not just natural birth is we're not really shown how to stop standing in our way. We're just told, stop standing in the way. And, and it's that paradigm that we, we grow up with that sometimes we don't even realize it's a paradigm. It's, it's very, it's just within us. And, you know, you take the smartest of people that have, book knowledge, book knowledge, book knowledge, but if their subconscious still believes maybe they were told uh, some cruel things as a child or maybe they weren't just encouraged. It doesn't have to be all trauma, trauma, but if you don't see things, um, an example is a friend of mine. She used to, when she was a young girl, she thought she liked to play the guitar, but she never saw women playing guitar. So she made that, belief that women don't play guitars and then when she was older a young young woman um girl bands started coming out and she was like wow they're playing the guitar like so it's our beliefs that you know that will really stop us and so working through that may take a long time um and so that became um, over the this last year my in how much natural birth is to say like um, you need to learn how to make the decision the word I get in in the birth room for me because I don't often meet people before they come to the hospital is it, I ask you know what's your plan for your birth and they say how they hope they can go natural how they're going to try to go natural and the bottom line is you can't hope or try you have to decide
0: yeah and that is
1: that is a mindset situation and if this person is an indecisive person their whole life they've been indecisive then this program teaches them how to be decisive how to start making that stick how to shift the paradigm and then it's confidence building, but how do we build confidence through knowledge? Mm -hmm. So we take the childbirth education classes. We take body work. I do body work too. I do some, I do structural integration and, and the, you know, it's that take care of the physical, take care of the mind and bring it together and you can achieve anything you want, including childbirth. But it, 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 it's, you know, from seeing women in birth who've never taken any type of class or workshop or anything, but their mind is decided they're going to do it. I've seen them do it yeah. versus a woman who took all of the classes, um, practiced her breathing. And as soon as the contractions got hard, she said she didn't want to do it anymore. That was as I was learning um, more about the mindset um, of paradigms and stuff, I started to really understand why this is happening because she didn't decide in her subconscious. Her subconscious was still not believing she could do it. So whatever's happening in in your subconscious shows up in your actions. Doesn't matter what your conscious is saying. So when we're saying, yeah, I'm gonna birth naturally and then our subconscious is like, are you sure? And we don't fix that. Then it's going to come in and show up. And I work with um, um, many nurses who uh, see women, and they're like, "Well, they didn't even take a birthing class, so how do they expect to do it?" I'm like, "You, you know what? If you've got that mindset, you don't need the birthing class. But if you are working on the mindset, you've got to take a birthing class. You because you have to um, build your your skills and your confidence in what you're doing. But the mindset has to go with it and if you do not take the time to really dig into your subconscious then all the 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 knowledge that you you pick up is not going to be able to help you because you're not sinking it into your subconscious and letting it marry with a belief that you can do it yeah and and that's how that started for me and and I really I really felt like um, that that idea um, of of blending the two on purpose and making a program of it for myself. I've actually naturally done over the last ten years because, uh, well, when I you know when I was introduced to The Secret, you know, just I was using the words like matter, like you know you have to but now I understand why mind over matter now I understand how the mind works and now I can yeah. teach people how the mind works mm-hmm. and that's I'm sure everything is where that goes
0: yeah I can that I can mind, really uh, yeah I can really resonate with what what you're saying as well Mariah because yeah as you said what the program you you teach isn't it isn't hypnobirthing but there are a lot of um like the mind model the subconscious um a lot of the same theories are there you know a lot of it is very deep rooted as well the reasons Mm -hmm. why um women don't birth the way that they think they're going to birth you know and also a lot of it's innate as well you know it's in our bodies so it's like years ago it was thousands of years ago you were just expected to birth your baby and then now there's mm-hmm. all these other reasons why you can't and you don't because our mind is so much busier now we have so much more memory um and as you said there's a lot in our subconscious mind that can actually inhibit someone from having that beautiful birthing experience that they say they want <laughs> and and as you say as well sometimes it just happens you know it just happens so I I can really resonate and I'm sure a lot of our listeners will as well really resonate with what you're saying um and it's actually really fascinating isn't it it must be a wonderful wonderful topic that you are you know that you're working with isn't it it's it's one of um
1: one of the I guess the things that Having that understanding how fear works, um, I I really just want to help women not have that because yes. it, they don't need it. Absolutely. They don't need it. Yeah, and and that's that's a shame. Like um, I might be kind of scrolling through some something social media online, and I'm still so surprised, like hearing. I'm I'm petrified of, of, of um, labor. I'm so scared. I'm so scared. And I'm like, why? Why are you so scared? Who Who is telling you to be scared? Or what taught you? So you got to take all that and work with someone. Uh, because unless you've got the strength to do it on your own, you're not going to. You need someone to help you. Yeah. If that fear is that strong, and yeah. you need someone to help you yeah, get okay. past and get rid of it. Cause it's, there's no room for fear in a birth room. And it's actually not even required. No, you're going to do the same thing with or without the fear. You're going to have a baby with or without the fear. Yeah. Um, so why do you want to have the fear when you don't have to have the fear? And, and it's understanding that fear comes from something subconscious. Yeah, and and when you when you are like okay, I'm gonna, I, I'm I'm, maybe even more so of like I'm gonna tackle the fear versus uh, I'm gonna learn how to breathe or I'm gonna learn how, you know that that all comes with tackling the fear. Yeah. It's that confidence, you know. It's the practice. It's it's you know. It's like being maybe an athlete. You know, the first time you're gonna go into a game, you didn't like never practice you did something to learn more about your game learn more about your sport and then you physically did things to learn how to say catch a ball and once you figured out how to catch a ball you weren't scared of the ball anymore and then catching the ball becomes completely natural and and birth is natural we were born to do this we were born to have uh, babies and and unfortunately, where the fear came from, um, maybe years past when we didn't have emergency cesareans or things like that. But those are paradigms. The we we're programmed from our parents. Their parents put your parents are programmed from their parents. Their parents are programmed from their parents. Mm-hmm. So on and on and on this paradigm is still showing up um in in today and a lot of it it comes from many 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 generations ago however it's perpetuated by um tv it's perpetuated by the the whole thing of like attracts like So if you're scared of birth, you're going to naturally attract other people who are scared of birth. And then you're all going to talk about being scared of birth because you attract that company and then you can't change it. So you have to attract the people who aren't scared of birth so you can understand where that and start practicing it. Because like for me, I I believe like I call it monkey see monkey do. I watch people and the more I watch them, the more I want to do if it's what I, you know, if it's what I really want to do. So I encourage women who feel scared of birth to seek something that, that they can watch um, and, and learn that it's not scary. And a lot of women go through it. And, and when you're watching someone go through it in an appropriate way, not, um, not, not like a, 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 a hospital video where everybody is kind of screaming and yelling and, and it does, it can get like that, but a woman who is not fearing birth is not going to be like that. Yeah. So you watch videos of women who are embracing birth and watch how they get through it. And then you start to believe that it can be done. And once you start to believe it can be done, then you believe that you can actually do it too. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a process. It's like a, a. exactly reprogramming yeah so fearing birth the only way honestly to combat it is to educate yourself on what empowering birth is yeah empowering birth is all kinds of things it's yeah. all kinds of things Absolutely. they're you know they're not all silent and yeah no. so he's a baby it's
0: not no. all beautiful like that so, Mar- Mariah, unfortunately, our, our time is um, coming to an end here on this podcast. Oh, and I fast, just, went I just <laughs> wanted to um, ask you if you want to just tell the listeners if they want to find out more about what you do. Do you have a link or a website or if they wanted to contact you?
1: Yeah, yeah um, right now uh, I am. Uh, my website is being designed, so it's not quite out yet. It should be um, just Mariah. I had uh, nothing complicated. <laughs>
0: So I just want to say a big thank you, Mariah, for coming on this episode of Let's Do It and for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your birth and experiences and life journey as a labour and delivery nurse and as a mind coach with us, we folk here in Northern Ireland. So from it's America to Germany to Northern Ireland, yeah. And thank you listeners too for tuning in as always. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast about how to have a natural birth with a positive mindset. I hope it's all picked up some tips and I will be putting a little link to uh, the website in um, in this podcast. Okay, So please feel free to subscribe. It's free uh, so you don't miss out on any other future episodes. You never know what we're going to be chatting about and let's do it. And also please feel free to share it with your family, friends and colleagues. And should you want to get in touch with me or find out more about me, my website is motherdilla.com or you can find me on And uh, My Instagram page is annhypnodoula or Dulasni, and Facebook page Dilla Ann Glover, hypnobirthing Ann Glover. You will definitely find me once you start searching. So have a great day and I'll see you next time.